Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, the March Minnesota Food Share campaign kicks off. A veteran comic releases her new stand-up album recorded here in Minnesota and the new Gopher Fan Loyalty Program. But first, Minnesota state budget surplus held up and even increased a bit. But M&N's Bill Werner tells us the good news comes with some caveats. Why is that, Bill? Scott, what's motivating the cautionary notes from state economic officials is the totally new political climate in Washington, coupled with a number of years of strong recovery from the Great Recession. Officials point out that economic expansions always end, often with a recession. The U.S. is in the fourth longest economic expansion on record. And second, considerable uncertainty remains about which proposed U.S. economic policy changes will be enacted in the near future and what their impact will be on the economy. Until those changes become clearer, their impact on the economy remains sources of risk for this forecast. We must keep these risks in mind as we prepare the budget for the next biennium. That's State Management and Budget Commissioner Myron Franz. Governor Mark Dayton's comments after the forecast was released echoed that. I want to issue a strong note of caution to the legislature. The section, quote, significant risks with this forecast is not factored into the actual numbers of the forecast. It lists U.S. policy uncertainty, international trade, inflation, long, slow growth expansion, and the fact that 28 months remain until the end of fiscal years 2018 and 19. I would add that there are 52 months until the end of the fiscal 2021 biennium. The effects of those uncertainties are presently unmeasurable. However, their potentials for seriously negative impacts on our state's economy and fiscal well-being are enormous. At the National Governors Association conference last weekend, the meetings with President Trump, with other key administration officials, and among my fellow governors, were characterized by unprecedented degrees of uncertainty, anxiety, and confusion. In those meetings and in other recent pronouncements, Administration officials offered only generalities about health care reform, trade policies, and other crucial matters. And they regularly contradicted one another when describing the details. For note, I note that just yesterday, the director of OMB raised the specter of cuts in Social Security and Medicare, only to be immediately rebutted by the president's press secretary. Similarly, despite repeated questioning by governors of both parties, Administration officials were unable, or unwilling, but I think it was unable, to provide details about their intended changes to Medicaid. All which means that the uncertainties surrounding this budget forecast demand extreme caution and restraint from my administration, the legislature, and various affected interest groups. We have worked hard to achieve these budget surpluses. They must be preserved. That's Governor Mark Dayton. It appears that Republican leaders in the legislature agree with the governor that caution is in order, but their approach is almost exactly the opposite. Dayton seems to be saying continue what he calls investments to better position Minnesota's economy for the future, but large tax cuts could create problems if the economy goes sour. 
Republicans say additional spending, Dayton proposes, is the problem. And with continued large budget surpluses, Minnesotans deserve significant tax relief, including tax cuts to improve the business climate and therefore, they say, the economy long term. Here's House Speaker Kurt Dowd. When you look at where the revenue comes from, uh, it comes from Minnesotans. It comes from Minnesotans doing better. It's, it's for the most part, from increased uh, revenue collections from income taxes. Uh, the bottom line is when Minnesotans do better, the state of Minnesota does better. Uh, that will lead me to the only conclusion that I think we together can come to, which is we need to put a f uh, forward a state budget that puts Minnesotans first. And that's what Republicans will do. We'll put forward a state budget that invests in Minnesotans uh, so that we can continue to grow our economy and continue to do well uh, as a state. Um, some concerning things, obviously, uh, you know, this, this uh, revenue forecast, uh, even, even prior to this with a, with a $1.4 billion uh, surplus, Governor Dayton was still proposing about a $1 billion increase in uh, taxes and fees, still taking more, Minnesota, more money out of the pockets of Minnesotans. We find that uh, concerning. Um, hopefully now he can back away from that proposal. Um, but we are, uh, we're optimistic. We're optimistic that we can come together, work together to, to uh, agree on a budget that will invest back into Minnesotans and put Minnesotans first. So That's House Speaker Kurt Dowd. With the Senate majority's perspective, here is Republican leader Paul Gazelka. An extra surplus doesn't solve everything. Uh, we still have to balance the budget. And uh, like the Speaker mentioned, uh, the governor had proposed prior today uh, a 10% increase in spending. And even though we have a surplus, in our minds, that doesn't mean that we should continue to increase spending at rates above what a family would spend. We want to make sure that we're not overspending. Uh, you heard uh, the governor talk about what we don't know what the federal government's going to do. Uh, we could easily have a billion or more dollars of shortage in health and human resources down the road, depending on what they do and how does that affect us. Uh, but today we're going to work with what we have today and move that forward and then whatever the federal government does will adjust to that. But but for today, it's good news, and it, it uh, allows us to do the things that we want to do. Uh, we said we want to pass a Roads and Bridges bill. You should expect that. We want tax relief. We want to fix the health care crisis. All of those should be able to be done uh, this year. Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka. So what we have here, Scott, is the governor and Republicans agreeing that caution on the state budget is in order because of all the uncertainty in Washington, D.C., particularly in the area of health care, which is a significant chunk of the state budget. But how to deal with the problem? The governor and Republicans' positions remain essentially unchanged. Dayton argues more investments or spending to position the state for the future, but no large tax cuts, which could throw the budget into deficit. Republicans argue spending and taxes are both too high. Scott? Thank you, Bill. Minnesota Matters returns after this. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed, could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. 
Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Minnesota Food Share kicks off their annual March campaign this week. MN's Tasha Radel has more. That's right, Scott. The annual March campaign is underway. It's the state's largest food drive, and all the dollars and pounds raised go directly to the state's 300-plus food shelves. Joining me now is Steve Gustafson, Senior Development Officer with Minnesota Food Share. Welcome, Steve. Can you tell us a little bit about the March campaign? Well, this year's campaign is is very much like uh, previous year campaigns. Um, the purpose is to help local food shelves across the state to restock their shelves uh, during a historically um, spring tends to be a time where uh, donations are way down and uh, following the holidays. And so this is uh, the time when uh, we've uh, organized to help those uh, food shelves um, draw attention to the issue of hunger and uh, hunger locally and to help organize uh, to raise the food and funds they need to meet the needs in, in their local communities. And this is a really important time because I believe this will stock uh, their shelves for a few months, correct? Like that's that's the amount that yeah. you're hoping to raise? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, um, uh, what our research tells us is that the food and funds that are raised during the month of March during this campaign can actually help many food shelves uh, cover the hunger needs in their communities for up to half a year. And then I also wanted to ask you, um, you know, obviously when we saw the housing uh, market crash, we saw food shelf use really uh, go through the roof. How how are things looking um, at the state's 300-plus food shelves? Are we still seeing record yeah. amounts of people? You know, um, unfortunately we are. Um, in spite of the improving economy, we continue to see uh, over 3 million people visiting food shelves annually for the last six years, um, and that doesn't seem to be uh, lessening any. Uh, we anticipate that's probably going to remain at about that level again in 2017. So um, ironically, uh, with the, even though the economy has been improving, it isn't helping everyone. And Steve, I also wanted to um, talk to you a little bit. I, I don't know if you're doing it differently this year, but you normally don't set like a dollar amount. Is that correct? Or did uh, to raise yeah, in March? Yeah, well, at least not, uh, not in the last few years. Um, okay. our, our goal is to raise as much as we can to meet the need. We know that the need is great. Um, even with our campaigns uh, over the years, uh, raising you know, maybe as much as half of the need for a year. We know there's a whole lot of extra need out there that um, we could do. So rather than limit ourselves as to what we want to try to raise, we just, we raise as much as we can because we know it's all going to be needed. And, you know, speaking of that, I think sometimes people, um, when we think about donating to a food shelf, we actually think about donating, let's say, a bag of groceries or other things. But that dollar can go a lot farther, correct? It absolutely can. Uh, the thing about um, the cash that food shelves can use is they have access to food discount programs and food banks where they can get uh, $4 worth of groceries for every dollar that they spend. So their cash goes four times further than uh, uh, you know food that might be purchased from a regular grocery store or donated um, as, a, as products directly. 
to the food shelf. And then um, one of my last questions I had today, for someone that might be listening that has never used a food shelf but may need that extra help, uh, any, I, I guess, is there somewhere where they can go to find a food shelf nearest them? Absolutely. Uh, you can visit our own website, um, uh, mnfoodshare.org. Uh, there are also resources uh, in each, every community. Um, if you've got your local uh, um, uh, if you if you check uh, your local uh, community's webpage, uh, local city uh, or county, there will be information there uh, for resources like uh, the food shelves in your community. And uh, throughout the month of March, are you going to be doing different things uh, to, to get people to donate? I, I believe, like in the last few years, we did pack the pews, etc. Are there going to be more things yeah. like that? Yes, we'll continue to do uh, many of the things that we've done in the past, including pack the pews, as you, as you mentioned, where congregations uh, designated a weekend for uh, filling uh, the pews with donations uh, of all sorts. We also have some partnerships with uh, some businesses, including uh, Finnegan's Beers, uh, Bruco. Uh, uh, all purchases of uh, Finnegan's during the month of March will support the Minnesota Future March campaign. Crave Restaurants is also doing a big promotion uh, in, in each of the Twin Cities uh, area restaurants. We've got uh, some concerts happening um, in different parts uh, of the state. Um, uh, many communities are holding their own uh, events, whether it's a spaghetti dinner or uh, chili cook-off or those kind of things. Those are, those are going on, uh, organized uh, by many, many uh, groups uh, across the state. Well, lots of great information. Anything else you'd like to add that maybe I didn't bring up today, Steve? Well, you know, I just think that, um, you know, we live in a, a time where uh, uh, the need continues to be great. We'd love to be able to put an end to hunger. Um, and while we work on solutions to ending hunger uh, across the state, we know that we need to meet those needs. And we just hope that everybody can participate, even uh, even if it's just making a small cash donation, uh, whether it's to uh, your local food shelf or to directly to Minnesota Food Share uh, online at our website. For more information on the March campaign, you can go to mnfoodshare.org. Again, that address is mnfoodshare.org. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. My interview with comedian Jackie Cation, next when Minnesota Matters returns. Last night, we put on an epic light show. Yeah, we did. The crowd loved us. We love the crowd. Wait, but there were only four people out there. Yeah, but did you see their four faces? All eight of their eyes lit up brighter than ours. <sighs> and we're fireflies. Yeah, we are. Hey, that one girl, she looked like she'd never seen glow in the dark like this before. And we invented glow in the dark. Yeah, we invented it. And we're going to be out here every night rocking out our light show at a forest near you. Woo-hoo! So come check us out. Check us out. And bring your kid all ages show. Oh, but uh, don't bring any of those glass jars because they make us kind of nervous. Yeah, and I'm super claustrophobic. Whether you're rocking their world or they're rocking yours, some memories never fade. Come alive with the forest. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a forest near you and discover other cool things to do when you go, like fishing, biking, or even camping. Visit discovertheforest.org. See you later. Yeah, see you soon. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Mr. Detweiler, it's time to wake up, Mr. Detweiler. Hey, Mr. Detweiler, how are we doing? 
your surgery is over. Oh, it's over? What happened? Hi, Mr. Detweiler. Dr. Newman here. You have a new knee. It went great. You'll be up and around before you know it. And it's all because of you. Uh, what did I do? You were captain of Team Detweiler. You told us everything we needed to know. Your medical history, your allergies and prescription meds. You asked me tons of questions. What your options to surgery might be. What to expect during recovery. You even asked me how many knee replacements I've already done. Huh. I guess I did kind of run the whole operation, didn't I? Mr. Detweiler, we couldn't have done it without you. Patient safety. It takes a team. And patient involvement is key. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. With more tips at orthoinfo.org slash patient safety. Minneapolis, nice work. Coming out in the weather. I have my notes up here uh, because uh, I'm taping a new album, you guys. Very glamorous. I always tape here at Acme because Acme is the best. And uh, it's a wonderful place. Uh, you've uh, chosen wisely. If you've never been, this is the greatest. If you don't like me, come back next week. Turns out there's another comic. <laughs> Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. Comedian Jackie Cation's new comedy record, I Am Not the Hero of This Story, comes out this week. Cation is a stand-up comedy veteran who's also branched out into acting and podcasting. She resides in California now, but Cation was born in Wisconsin and used to live in Minneapolis. I recently talked to her about the new album, Life as a Comic, and why she chose to record her album here in Minnesota. Well, uh, I've done every album uh, in my last special uh, at Acme, because I'm uh, Acme's my home club. I think of it as my home club. It's where I came up doing stand-up comedy in the 90s when I first moved to Minneapolis. And um, quite honestly, no one is as supportive. And, and people are very supportive of me. <laughs> but no one is as supportive supportive as Lewis Lee and Acme Comedy Company of my stand-up career. So I will always uh, be a big fan of that club and the audiences that, that he's really generated, you know, that he's, encouraged and created in that room. You know, one of the interesting elements of this particular uh, record that you recorded at Acme, you mentioned early on that world events sort of shifted what your your focus was going to be somewhat, and you had to kind of redo your act to some extent. Uh, tell me a little bit yeah. about that process, and was, was that uh, stress-inducing? It was enormously stress-inducing, uh, as much as the election was to some extent because I am traditionally have never been a political comic, right? My stuff, uh, I've, this is my fourth album, and my stuff can sometimes get sociopolitical, but it's only usually just me talking about my dad. And uh, so it's never been, you know, I, it's, I, I, don't, I have probably two or three, I think I have one joke on, on two albums ago called George W. Bush, and it's actually... Call, it's more of a, it's a dirty joke. <laughs> it's, what, it's the dirtiest joke on that album, weirdly enough. And so it's not particularly political, but he, that's the only time I ever mentioned a political figure. So the election happened, and I was, I, I felt there were 12 minutes that I, would, I was going to do on this album that did not get on this album because my father is a salesman. And too many people came up to me and said, so your dad is like uh, the current president. And I 
um, was so mad. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't want to have to deal with that conversation every time I do that bit. So I decided to cut it. And I had a full hour planned for this album. And 45 minutes of it is still the same. It's the exact same album. But I cut that 12 minutes. And because of kind of how mad I was about losing that 12 minutes for this album, I essentially did some very new political jokes. Which, by the way, uh, and it's been three months since I recorded the album, those jokes are better now. Because <laughs> uh, they, I only had done them like a dozen times max for some of them, you know? And uh, a couple of them, they were like the sixth time I had ever done them. And I decided to keep them on the album anyway. Partially out of, out of, uh, mis- out of a, a misunderstand, like a, a, a misguided pride, I literally uh, thought that the world might end. <laughs> so I wanted to get that album. I wanted to get those jokes recorded because I'm absurd. And let's talk about that for a moment. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Your perspective and your your voice are, are very clear in terms of how you, you talk about yourself and, and what you were like growing up and, and what your father was like. Uh, you know, it, it sounds to me like f- from the act, you were very well-read, um, didn't <laughs> necessarily have a lot of friends, and... Uh, <laughs> no. I'm wondering, how, how do you go from, from that to being in stand-up? Well, I mean, if you think about stand-up, stand-up is a solo activity where you are one person standing in front of a lot of people. You're getting all the attention you've ever wanted. All you have to do is make them laugh. So it's, it's I mean, it's a simple, it's a simple task. It is not an easy task. And I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any friends as a kid. I had a lot of siblings, plenty of people to hang out with, but no friends. I had an imaginary friend for too long, too long. Uh, Yeah, I met Steve when I was seven. He was 11. He had a motorbike. We had a lot of good times, you guys. Yeah. When you use family members uh, as as elements of your act, is there is there a certain line that you that you have to, to somehow know about to to not cross, or has that been an adjustment for you, or do you pretty much have uh, the freedom to to say whatever you you want? That's an excellent question. It's the um, I do talk so much about my family. Um, the week after I recorded this, I went to Milwaukee and essentially announced to to each of my family members the bit that was about them. And (laughs) that was going to be on the new album. Like, sometimes I'm home, and my father in many ways is the smartest person I've ever met in my life. 85% of the time, he's the smartest guy in the world. 15% of the time, uh, he is speaking from a little-known country called Banana Land. Uh, (laughs) But aren't we all? Aren't we all? Those aren't bad odds. And... uh, (laughs) You know, my dad is the, he gets the brunt of it, quite honestly. And um, whether or not he still believes this, I I hold him to it. Uh, He says, um, many years ago, he said, you know, whatever you gotta, whatever you gotta do, I know it's a caricature, you're making me bigger. And, uh, And he does, and he does love to be talked about. 
As we wrap things up, Cation explains what it means to her to be a comic and why it matters in these turbulent times. That's really all I want to do. Is I just want to make people happy and I just want to make people laugh. And if if it if it makes them if it makes them think or if it gives them perspective that's just a byproduct and a gift of it. You guys are great. I hope you had fun because I love doing it. So thanks a lot, you guys. Take care of each other out there. Jackie Cation's new album, I Am Not the Hero of This Story, is out now. Minnesota Matters will return after this. Who might you save? Your mother, your father, your husband, uncle, aunt, son. Learn fast. F-A-S-T. The sudden signs of a stroke and you could save. Your friend, your best friend, teacher, boss, coach. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911. F-A-S-T. Face, arm, speech, time. That's F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911. The sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in the recovery of... Your neighbor, the waiter, a fellow shopper, a total stranger, grandmother, grandfather. So learn FAST, the sudden signs of a stroke, then pass it on, because you never know who might save you. Your wife, your colleague, teammate, mother... Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The University of Minnesota Athletic Department unveiled a new Gopher Fan Loyalty Program this week, which will allow for a few more choices for the program's most supportive fans. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm, who also serves as the radio voice of Gopher football and men's basketball, has more. Scott, the new program is twofold and will allow more Gopher fans more benefit options when supporting the athletic department. In the past, it was only for donors and season ticket holders who could receive nice benefits for giving money or buying season tickets to the program, and those benefits were predetermined and included things such as Gopher clothing, better access to athletic event parking, access to Gopher social events, and more. Well, those benefits are still part of the new program and part of the Gopher score, but they will simply now be options for fans. In addition, the new initiative offers fans who buy single-game tickets a chance of options through a benefits menu. So simply put, some donors may find it more important to have great parking at football games and can choose that as one of their options of benefits, where a different fan might be more inclined to accept an invitation to a social gathering with a Gopher coach or staff member. Obviously, the more money one donates or the more tickets you buy the more options you can take advantage of as part of this new Gopher loyalty program. There is also a fan engagement component to the process now where the department is creating a Gopher fan advisory board where fans can apply to become part of a panel that will give input and feedback as to how the Gophers can better provide for supporters and how they can make more of those supporters better feel connected to the school. This week I sat down with Gopher Athletic Director Mark Coyle to further discuss. Yeah, well what we wanted to do, Mikey, remember when I was hired we talked a lot about you know creating a program that was more uh, customized for our great fans and something that would reward the loyalty of people. And so we're creating a new Gopher loyalty program where, uh, you know, if you're a donor, you're a season ticket holder, you're a part of this, and it's going to be more customized for our fans. And what we're learning is not all fans want the same thing. And so we're trying to create a uniqueness with this program and customize it so we can meet the needs of our many different fans and try to make it a great experience for them when they interact with Gopher Athletics. And this is a little bit of a trailblazing opportunity for, 
for Gopher Athletics is this hasn't been done at a lot of schools. Can you take us through some of the basics of what fans can expect? Well, I, I think the biggest thing, Mike, is, you know, it's going to be customized, you know, so we give them a chance to tell us what they want in terms of, you know, when you buy season tickets, when you buy individual game tickets, when you make a donation to Gopher Athletics, you know, those come with rewards and benefits. Well, we've tried to create a program where they can tell us some of the things they want, and we can try to customize that program. You know, in addition to this Gopher Loyalty Program, we're also creating a Gopher Fan Council. You know, we did that at Boise State and Syracuse and saw great success from them. So this gives fans another chance to interact with us, provide us with valuable feedback so we can make it a better experience for them when they interact with us. That fan council is open for application. So if there's a Gopher fan listening, yeah, I'd like to have some input on certain things. They can be on this board if they pass through. What's the application process and how many people are you looking for and how does that all work? Yeah, well, you know, the application process, if you go to our gophersports.com, you can apply to the process there. And, uh, you know, we usually put together a 12-person fan council. I'm not sure the exact number, how many people have on this council. But, again, it's a chance for anyone who wants to be a part of this to go ahead and apply for it. We'll review those applications and we'll select 12 people. And, again, those people provide us with great feedback, great insight on how we can make this better for everybody. And then as it uh, as it all works out, it's 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 kind of a situation where you're trying to get this thing so that uh, everyone's kind of uh, going in the same direction. Uh, there's no doubt. You know, this is a very you know great place to be at. We're excited about what's going on with our program. You know, and a big part of our program is our fans. We're so thankful for their support. We're so thankful for their investment in our program. And again, I don't mean to repeat ourselves, but we need to invest back in our fans. And I think these two programs are ways we're investing back into our fans. We've heard from our fans. We listen to our fans. And again, we want to make sure we create a great experience for everybody. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. That's Golden Gopher Athletic Director Mark Coyle. For more information on the new Gopher Loyalty Program or the new Gopher Fan Advisory Board, including a video with details, you can log on to gophersports.com. Scott? Thank you, Mike. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.